he told the ones that originally came out of Utah, he gave them the law there at Mount Sinai. So it is, uh, it is, uh, like I said, it is the second, second reading. It's actually a repeat of the, uh, the first law that was given by Moses. But anyway, y'all, uh, like I said, first generations died out, now the seconds get ready to enter into the promised land. And Moses is preparing them to enter in and was giving them the law again as a reminder before they crossed over Jordan into the promised land. So that's what we're looking at tonight, though. Moses is uh, Moses is speaking to the people, and not only is he giving them some good advice for when they get into this promised land, because they're getting ready to go into this place where there's already other people living. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but they're getting ready to cross over Jordan into this land that God's going to give them. But now, until they drive them out or get directions from God on what to do, they're going to have to know how to live behave themselves among these people that don't believe in the same God that they do. So Moses is giving them some directions here on what they're going to have to do. And uh, he's prophesying, pointing towards Jesus at the same time. We know it'll be a long time before Jesus shows up on the scene. But nevertheless, he's giving them some hope about one day the, the ultimate prophet that will come. But that's what we're looking at tonight. Uh, we're in Deuteronomy 8 verses 15 through 22, so we're going to try that. I will go ahead and tell y'all, this is a tough lesson, it's kind of a tough lesson, so hey, you got something you want to say, feel free, get out, let Brother Chester know, he can take your mic, Brother Chester can take your mic, if you want to make a comment, if you'd like to chime in and say something, feel free, but listen, Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 22. And 18 says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, and of thy brethren like unto me, and unto him ye shall hearken. All right, now listen. Like I said, Moses is the first prophet here that we ever see in the Bible. So Moses knows that his time's getting short. He's getting ready to be gone. And he's pretty much telling them, listen, uh, God's going to send y'all another prophet. Now, like I said, ultimately it's going to be Jesus. But for right now, he could be referring to Joshua. God's going to send them a prophet similar to him, to Moses, from among his people. Listen, the same way Jesus Y'all remember when Jesus started preaching and teaching? You remember what the people said? Ain't that Mary and Joseph younger? Don't we know him? We know his brothers and his sisters. You know, we know him. So God, God will sometimes call people that you know. And I mean, I think sometimes we're guilty of the same thing, you know, because we know him. God, God couldn't be called them. Hey, I've known them forever. Why would God call him? But nevertheless, here we see Moses telling the people that he don't say when I'm gone, but he knows he's getting ready to be 
out of there and God's going to send another leader. So he tells them, hey, God's going to give you another prophet. They're going to be like me. And it's going to be somebody that the people will listen and obey as a future prophet. So he knows on if somebody's getting ready to step in in this place and take these people over into the promised land. And like I said, we know that's uh, that's Joshua, and that'll be the one to lead them in. Moses don't actually get to go into the promised land, but he gets them there. He gets them prepared. He actually sees the promised land, but he don't get to go in, and he's telling them here, hey, God's going to give you another prophet. It's like me, and it's somebody that y'all can hearken to and listen to. No, it ain't somebody that you're not able to trust. It'll be somebody that you can listen to the way that they listen to him. Not that they always listen to Moses because, you know, they were they were hard hit a lot of times. They didn't want to listen, but he was the recognized leader after God had to set some people straight. But anyway, uh, that's what he's telling them. Listen, I'm getting ready to be gone. But God's going to send another prophet. And then he says in 16, According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God, and horrible on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me hear not again the voice of the Lord thy my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore that I die not. All right? Listen, what he's talking about here. Moses is reminding them of Mount Sinai. If you remember when God called the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt, when they crossed over the Red Sea, they got to Mount Sinai. That's where God's getting ready to give them the law. And the people, the people were so afraid. You know, they told, they actually told Moses, they said, you go up and talk to God for us. We don't want to talk to him because the thundering and the lightning and all that stuff, you know, they uh, they didn't want to have to be the ones to stand and listen to God speak. So uh, they asked no, uh, Moses to actually go up and uh, stand in the gap before them, you know, so they don't have to do it. They're afraid of God. They reverence God, but all he's doing, he's reminding them of their own request at Mount Sinai. Like I said, they were so terrified of God speaking directly to them that they asked Moses to go and mediate between them. So they tell Moses, hey, you go up there, talk to God, come back and tell us what he said. That's exactly what Moses does. He goes up, God tells him, go back down, put up barriers around the mount, tell them not to come close. Don't touch anything. Don't let nobody come through and touch this mountain. I'm getting ready to talk to you. And that's exactly what happens. And you remember, Moses goes up. He stays 40 days when he comes back. He's shining so bright from being in the presence of God that he's got to wear a veil. You know, Moses is shining so bright that they can't even look at look at, Look at him. He's got to put a veil on him talk to the people, you know, they can't um, <coughs> they can't bear to look at them, so listen, Moses just reminded them here in verse 16 about that, you know um, pretty much what he's telling them is listen, y'all are the ones that wanted me <coughs> to mediate 
between you and God, I'm getting ready to leave and God's going to send somebody else to be the mediator or the prophet, to be his spokesman between him and you to let you know exactly what God wants you to know that he's saying. But anyway, y'all, this is Moses now. He said, and the Lord said unto me, verse 17, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. So in verse 17, Moses is just reminding, listen, God agreed with your request, with the request of the people, and allowed Moses to serve as the mediator. So he said, listen, y'all didn't, didn't want to hear God speak. You asked me to go up and mediate. God granted that request. So pretty much what he's saying is, hey, you got what you got what you asked for. So the next prophet that comes along, you need to hearken to him. You need to listen to him. So that's what he's on. Uh, that's what he's telling them there in verse 17. You got what you asked for when you asked for him. When you ask for a mediator. And then in 18, he says, And I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. All right? <clears throat> like I said, this could have been Joshua a little later on. But God will always send someone. So you don't have an excuse. Listen. And I thought about what Brother Rudy always says, you know, when he had the dream and he ended up in hell and Paige ended up there and she said, I was following you, Daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, if anybody ever dies and says that they didn't know, that's our fault. If we didn't tell them, but I mean, listen, God will always send somebody or he'll always He'll always send somebody so we don't have an excuse. You know, if I'd uh, if I'd have died and left this world without Jesus, I wouldn't have had no excuse because I had a I had a mama, I had a daddy, I had a grandma, I had aunts, I had uncles, I had all kind of people that told me about Jesus. So listen, God'll always send somebody. So we don't have an excuse. And that's what he's telling Moses there, these people here in verse 18. He's going to send somebody that will be like him, that will be his mouthpiece, and they're going to speak the words that, uh, that he commands to them. So uh, like I said, uh, he, he's more likely referring to Joshua here, but ultimately... Jesus will be the ultimate prophet because he is God in the flesh. You know, I never thought about that until studying this lesson. Jesus is the only person to have the title of priest, prophet, and king. So when it comes to prophets, Jesus was the ultimate prophet because he's God in the flesh. And I know that's a little mind-boggling, you know, when you think about it. When you think about the Trinity, he's God. He's God and he's the uh, son, he's he's part, two parts of the Trinity, 
right there. I know it can get a little bit confusing, but when you think about it like that, that he's got in the flesh and he's a prophet at the same time, you know, he's the ultimate prophet. Like I said, it'll be years before Jesus shows up on the scene, but nevertheless, Moses is, um, he's actually pointing to Jesus when he talks about this in verse 19, uh, in verse 18, he is the ultimate prophet because he is Emmanuel, God with us. So um, that makes him superior. You know, if you look at the book of Hebrews, the theme of Hebrews is better. Christ is better. He's the, he's the best priest, he's the best prophet, and he's the best king. So he just points that out there in verse 18. Then in 19, now listen to this now. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Listen, now this is uh, serious here. Uh, he's pretty much saying that there are severe consequences for not following the word, word of the Lord. And I don't know if we ever think about that, but if you ever hear the word one time and you don't follow it, you will be held accountable. I know a lot of times we we hear it over and over and we may get dull of hearing or immune to it because we've heard it all our life. But listen, once we've heard it, we're going to be held accountable. If it's said not to do it and we do it, we're going to be held accountable. If we fail to do something, will be held accountable. And that's what he's telling them there. He listens. He says, uh, Whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which I shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So basically is what he's saying is, if I tell a prophet to tell you something to do or not to do, and you go against that, you're going to be held accountable. You know, there's going to be consequences for it. And that's, uh, that's what he's telling them right there on. Uh, and listen, that's why I said earlier, we're supposed to be doers and not hearers only of the word. I mean, we can hear it all day long, but if we never apply it to our life, you know, it would be like going to the doctor and you got a deadly disease and he gives you medicine to cure it. And you never take that medicine to cure that deadly disease. I mean, how dumb would that be? You know, that's all... It wouldn't make no sense at all, but that's what he's saying here. Listen, if you don't heed to the word of God, there's going to be consequences. And you know, there are people out there that think that it don't apply to them, but I always think about what Brother Jerry used to say. Brother Jerry would say, people would tell you, you know, um, it's my life. I can live it any way I want to. But Brother Jerry's comeback was always, well, if it's your life, why do you have to stand in front of him and give an account when it's all said and done? Think about that. I mean, we get caught up on these cliches and stuff. I see people walking around with tattoos on their arms and wearing shirts. Only God can judge me. That's right. But when you stand in front of him, you better make sure... Like we sang that song in the church, you better make sure you got that account settled before you stand in front of him because if you come up, if you come up lacking, 
there there ain't gonna be no help for you so we need to think about it. and i think a lot of times you know that's what we fail to tell people and that's what god's telling moses here in this lesson to tell these people listen if you if you don't take heed to the word of god there's going to be severe consequences and we know what, what happens with the children of israel eventually 80 percent of them the 10 northern tribes and then later on Judah and Benjamin, they actually, all of them, a majority of them will get taken off into captivity by the Assyrians and the Babylonians because they didn't heed to the word of God. From Moses, you had Elijah, you had Elisha, you had Jeremiah, you had Ezekiel, you had Isaiah, you had all these prophets. They kept telling them over and over, you better repent, you better repent, you better repent, and they didn't. They ended up 800 miles away from home in a foreign land with food that they didn't know nothing about, a culture that they didn't know nothing about, and over time, they pretty much forget about God. So they suffered, they suffered the consequences because they didn't heed to the word of God. And just like, just like they suffered, you know, we were in the same shape before you got saved, you know, you were... You were a slave to sin. You know, I, I told somebody today, I said, uh, my grandma always said sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And we can admit it or not, but we may not have been drug addicts or anything like that, but we were all slaves to sin. And there ain't no way to get out of it but through the blood of Jesus. And that's what... That's what he's telling them here. You know, if you don't heed to the word of God, there's going to be some severe consequences. And they realize that when it's too late. You know, eventually, like I said, when they end up 800 miles away from home as captives or slaves, they realize that, hey, we should have listened to these prophets. We should have listened to what the prophet said instead of turning a deaf ear or laughing at them or doing whatever, you know. We should have heeded to the word of God, but it's too late. And that's a bad feeling when you wait till it's too late to do anything about it. You know, when, it, when it's all over, said and done, if you don't live right, if you don't die right, it's too late. When that last breath leaves that body, there ain't no hope. There ain't no coming back but all. Listen, in verse 21, he says, And if thou shalt say now in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? So uh, he asked the question here. He says, well, you may want to know, or how, how do we know if this is a true prophet or not? How do we know if what this prophet is saying is true or not and he's going to actually answer that in the next part here he says uh, in 22 and like I said if you got a comment or a question let us know brother Chester take you to Mike if you'd like to say something if you'd like to ask a question feel free just let us know and he'll take you a mic we'll do that but on in 22 he says 
after he asked the question in 21, it says, How will we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? Then in 22 it says, When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Listen. If the thing prophesied doesn't come to pass at the appointed time, it wasn't from the Lord. Listen. Now we all know that God ain't on a timetable. I mean, here we are 2,000 years later. When he ascended into heaven, those disciples thought he was coming back the next day. Here we are 2,000 years later. But the thing about it is, God ain't on a time restraint. He ain't on a time limit. One day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. You know, I had a fellow one time, Mr. Ernie Locklear, some of you may know him. He taught math at the at Prospect Pernell Sweat High School, but he did the math one time. And his 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 daddy had been dead like 15 20, 15, 20 years before his mother died, and he did the math, and he worked it out with the equation of figuring it up as a thousand years as his one day with the Lord, and he figured it up. He said, Mama, Daddy had only been in heaven 15 minutes. If that's the time that God uses, Daddy had only been in heaven 15 minutes before Mama got there, and they had died like 20 years apart. So ain't that amazing? But he's telling you here, listen, I mean, it ain't it ain't got the it ain't got to happen in your time. But if they put a time on it and it don't happen, that's the test of a prophet. They don't know if it don't come to pass when they tell you it's gonna come to pass. You know, I mean, you can look back in the Bible and you'll see a little a lot of prophecies where the the prophet told them, "Hey, this time tomorrow, this is gonna happen or that's gonna happen." And in that by that time the next day, it had happened. I mean, that's the test of a prophet. I mean, listen, Jesus even predicted his own resurrection. He said he'd be betrayed in the hands of sinful men. He'd be crucified, but on the third day, he would rise. Listen, he predicted his own resurrection. So that's the test of a prophet. When they get it right, down to the to the T. That's uh that's the test of a prophet. But he says, listen, I mean, even if it don't happen in our in our lifetime, if it lines up with the word of God and what he's already decreed and taught through the word, you know, we can accept it. As long as it lines up with the word of God. Now if you come up here with some far-fetched stuff like you can see out there on the internet and stuff like this stuff that says Eve actually had a child for Satan when he was a snake and stuff like that. It don't line up one bit, you know, stuff like that. Best thing you can do is throw it out the window, but that's the test of a prophet. If he tells it's going to happen, he puts a time period on it, a time stamp, and it don't happen, chances are that didn't come from the Lord. So that's what he's on. But anyway, listen on 
like I said, tough lesson. We're all, I know y'all probably got some questions. If you do, let Brother Chester know. But um, like I said, God always has a man or a woman. I'm going to tell you this, y'all women. Y'all women, if, you, if you're wanting to read something, go back and read uh, the book of Esther. Hey, God prepared her for such a time as this. If it hadn't have been for Esther, the Jews over there would have been wiped out. You know, they would have been killed, but God put her in that position for such a time as this, and she was the one that ended up saying the Jewish people. But listen, remember, God always has a man or a woman. It could be you. Hmm. You could be that Moses or women. You could be that Esther. You could be that Moses or you could be that Esther. I mean, hey, think about it. I always remember Sister Lori's testimony where when she was going through a depression and contemplating suicide, went in a Waffle House, and somebody wrote on a, a note on a napkin and sent it to her by the waitress and pretty much told her not to go and do what she was thinking about doing. And, you know, she talked about how that changed her life. She ended up getting saved later on. But listen, you might be that person. That God's putting in somebody's path to be that change. So be ready. That's why we need that word. We need to hide that word in our heart that we don't see him. And we're able to give an answer from somebody asked you where your hope's at, where your hope lies at. But remember that. You could be that man, you could be that Moses, or you could be that woman. You could be that Esther. Oh. Listen, I'm going to say this, and I didn't say it when I was talking about it, but listen, Moses was and still is one of the most revered prophets among Jews and in Christianity. You know, Moses is revered as a prophet. And like we said there, um, Moses was asked by the people to go and speak to God for them. Go, go see what God wants to tell us and come back and tell us what he says. And that's exactly what he did. But let me say this tonight. Thank God we don't need Moses anymore. Thank, thank God we don't need Moses anymore. We can talk to God one-on-one. -on -one. Listen, Mo Moses talked with God face-to-face. -face. Now, the first time he encountered him, he told God, he said, show me your glory. God said, oh, you step over there in that rock, and when I walk by, You'll see my hinder parts. You'll see my backside. Listen, Moses don't see him face to face, but now God talks with him just like we're talking right here. They have a, they got conversations going on. And, and you know, like I said, thank God we don't need Moses anymore. Thank God we ain't got to go call Preacher Chris every night and tell him what's going on and say, Preacher, go talk to the Lord and come back and tell me what he says mm -hmm. now. If you if you can't talk to him, that's your fault. I was on the way to work this morning, heard the lady on K-Love praying for somebody, and it was just like she was sitting there in the studio talking to him, and she was talking to God like she would have been talking to somebody else sitting right beside her. But listen, we don't need a priest. We don't need Moses. If you want to talk to God, all you got to do is talk to him. It don't matter where you're at. What your location is, I mean, you can, in a closet, 
and the bedroom and the closet. It don't matter where you're at. We don't need Moses anymore. He's revered, but we don't need him tonight because we can talk to God on our own. We can go to him on our own behalf. I don't know if you know it or not, but that's, that's why we're here tonight. When Martin Luther came to the realization that, listen, as a Catholic, I don't have to go to the priest. I can talk to God on my own. And he pretty much left the, the Catholic Church and started the Protestant Church that we are tonight. That's where we get the Baptists, the Methodists, the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, and all the, those that don't have a priest. All these people, religions and Christianity, sects that believe that you can go to God on your own. That's why we're here tonight because... Somebody came to the realization one day that I don't need a priest. I don't need any man to go to God for me. I can talk to him on my own. So um, thank God we don't need Moses anymore. Let me say this. So uh, God is always faithful. But he still sends people to remind us to do right. I mean, listen. I was telling a kid yesterday at school, he said, oh, all we do in some classes is write notes. I said, man, listen, if you write down something enough, you'll remember it. If you hear it enough, you'll remember it. Listen, we know, we know, growing up, coming to church, having Christian parents, Christian family, we know what's right, but that don't mean that God ain't going to send somebody to remind you. So, well, uh, even, even though God is faithful, he'll still send people to remind you to do right. That's all. That's what we do as parents, you know. Children know to do right, but we still have to tell them to do right. So that's where God does us the same way. He'll still send people to, uh, to remind you to do what's right. But oh, I already said this earlier, but the word won't do us any good if we don't apply it. Like I said, it'll be like going to the beach on a sunny day and at a hundred degrees and having suntan lotion and never putting it on, knowing you're knowing you're gonna get burned up. I mean, wouldn't you feel like a dummy the next day when you look like a lobster and you couldn't hardly put your clothes on, knowing that you had the suntan lotion or the sunblock and you didn't put it on? Now imagine somebody that ends up in hell that didn't have their sunblock on. Amen. Think about that. Listen, the word won't do us any good if we don't apply it. That's why we must be doers and not hearers only. Listen, mm -hmm. I mean, we can, I can ride up and down the road 24 hours a day listening to the Bible on a CD over and over. But if I never apply it to my life, it don't do one bit of good. So that's why we got to be doers and not hearers only. Everybody can, everybody can hear it, but you got to be right to do it. You got to have a changed heart to be a doer of the word. And I'll tell you what, it seems that sometimes, I believe sometimes the devil just challenges you to see if you're going to do the right thing. He'll, he'll, he'll throw this there. He'll throw that. Now, 
I want to see if they'll really turn the other cheek. I want to see if they'll really forgive them. I want to see if they'll really do what the Bible says do. If you don't believe it, I, I told somebody Monday night, I said, we had an awesome service Sunday. And I got to church, uh, work Monday morning. And the devil used somebody to meet me right time I got out of the vehicle. I didn't even get in the building good hardly. And he was already there challenging me. And I got commended on doing the right thing. But I told some fellas, I said, listen, we had an awesome service yesterday. And then I get here this morning and this is what I run into before I can even get to my office, you know. But listen, sometimes we'll be challenged. That's why we got the big doors. I could have stood there all day and said, well, I would, I would do this and do that, but that wouldn't have done no good. I just got to show them, you know, you got to, you got to be a doer of the word, not a hearer. But on um, last thing I'm going to say, and on um, it's 741. I know we try to be finished by 745, but on. Um, now I already told you that we better do what the word says. Most of all, we better we better listen to what Jesus says. Listen, you know, and I always like the way Brother Dwayne used to say it. Dwayne would say, but people, why did they say something told me to do this or something told me to do that? It ain't something. It's the Holy Spirit. A lot of times it's Jesus. Listen, if he's telling you to do something, you better listen to what? Jesus says, I'm telling you, you don't want to, first of all, you don't want to miss a blessing. Second of all, you don't want to pay the consequences in the end for not doing what the word tells us to do. And I know, I'm going to go ahead and admit it. How many of us has quenched the spirit? I'll be the first to admit it. Listen, I got I got numerous times I could tell you and I didn't do what the Lord told me to do, but I tried to, to let that would be a learning lesson, you know, from then on if he tells you to do it. And I thought about that as I studied this lesson. You remember when Jesus, the first miracle that he ever performed in Cana, Galilee at the wedding, you remember what his disciple, his mother told the disciples, she said, whatever he says, do it. Now his, Mary knew that, hey, if he tells you to do something, you better do it. And that was even before he performed his first miracle that we know of. Now, if he'd done that, the word says that if everything that he'd done were written down in the books, there weren't enough. The world couldn't contain all the books that had written down, recorded the things that he had done. If she told him that before the first miracle was ever performed, well, we need to definitely listen to what Jesus says. I guarantee you, if you do what Jesus says, you won't go wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't go wrong if you trust him. But um does anybody have any comments or anything they'd like to say, maybe a question or anything before we close out. If you do, let Brother Chester here know, get his attention and we'll uh, we'll get you a mic. Maybe hey, maybe you got a testimony or something of how God spoke to you and how it worked out. Anyway, 
like I said the other Wednesday night when I talked, I listened to Brother Lindbergh from Baker's Chapel preach another Sunday, and he talked about how they were living in Missouri, I think it was, Arkansas somewhere, and God told him to move. He, him and his wife left good jobs, come back to Robinson County with nowhere to live, he said, and two or three years they had a brand new brick home in the place where both of them were working back in that state had both closed down the companies went under went bankrupt closed down and both of them would have been out of jobs if they hadn't listened to the call of god so listen when he tells you to do something you better heed to the call of god but on 745 i appreciate everybody if nobody's got anything Brother Chester, you won't close us out with a word of prayer. We appreciate everybody tonight. Brother Chester, don't close us out with a word of prayer. Uh, Tim, I just want to touch base. I've been reading what you talked about tonight. Moses was telling Joshua, he was turning the reins over to him. And uh, Joshua found out what happens when you don't listen to God? He went to battle, and some of the people, somebody had hid some stuff in their tent under the dirt. And uh, God told him, he said, if you don't do what I'm telling you, I'm not gonna be with you. And he proved that. And uh, he called them all together, and they found out who done what they'd done. And from that point on, God was in their favor. Anything God told them to do, he backed them up and it got done. Sin in the camp. <laughs> oh, Lord, we got so much to be thankful for tonight. Um, for Brother Tim, Brother Anthony, all that comes out here on Wednesday night to teach and, and do God's word. Uh, we should be thankful that we got people that will step up. We thank you for coming out here because if you didn't come, it wouldn't be no good to have Brother Tim or Brother Anthony and Kay, Sister Kay, to come. Dear Father, we thank you for this night, Lord, the word that you sent through Tim, Father. We thank you for the ones that showed up here tonight, Lord. We thank you for the ones that are home that would love to be out here that maybe couldn't come due to sickness or whatever father we thank you for what we got ahead of us lord because you're going to be there you're going to be there holding our hands and showing us a way father no matter what happens in this world lord we're not worldly anymore we're we're servants to you we answer to you we follow you you promised to take care of us and all we got to do is follow you father it might be hard it might be tough what we got to go through but we're going to get through it because God's going to get us through it. Yes. He's going to bring us through that wilderness. Forty years. Mm -hmm. He's going to bring us through. And that's something that we got hope for. And that's what we live for is to serve God and one day to be home with Him. Where that's our, going to be our permanent home. All this we ask in your precious name, Jesus. And we thank you for everything that you do. All this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.